This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com. Or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and I'll be detailing the Raptors' latest win over the Brooklyn Nets, 115-105. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger's Personal Injury Lawyers. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast. Let's start in the first quarter. The Raptors had a very successful first quarter. A lot of it was behind very, very frenetic offense. A lot of great passing, low turnovers, some of it was a bit lucky. There was The ball was bouncing around a lot. It just happened to end up in the hands of the Raptors more often than not. They faced a zone defense very early on from the Nets. And the way they broke through it was actually by forcing turnovers from the Nets and then getting out in transition, which is the best way to face any zone defense. I think I saw Coop NBA say something like that on the Twitter timeline was the best way to face you know, a, a very sticky half-court defense is to not face it at all, which means transition offense, obviously, where transition offense has always been extremely important uh, to most teams because it generally creates easy baskets, whether it be layups, corner triples, things of that nature. The Raptors were also pretty sharp in the half-court. They went to the type of offense that we've seen a lot lately, which is Marcus All above the break, being a conduit for the offense, taking being the middleman for a lot of actions and also that he plays a lot in the DHO setting screens whether it be like a hawk screen whether it be pin downs things like that he's very active setting screens for a lot of the other members of the team and that was how the Raptors functioned early on that transitioned into more of a beat em up mismatch type of offense which was kind of commandeered by Pascal Siakam and Kawhi Leonard Kawhi Leonard certainly more in the first half, and Pascal Siakam in the second half had more of that for himself, because Pascal Siakam started 0 for 5. It was a big talking point during the first part of the game. Both he and D'Angelo Russell, both the probably 1 and 2 
front runners for the Most Improved Player Award had really tough starts to the game. Uh, Russell was turning the ball over. He His passes, were while they were creative, they weren't creating a lot of points, you know, evidenced by the 22 points Brooklyn scored in the first quarter. Pascal wasn't creating that much on offense, more so missing shots. Just the way that the ball was zipping around on offense for the Raptors. Siakam ended up with the ball in the corner a few times. Missed some corner triples that we're accustomed to seeing him make. I wrote about, you know, I wrote about this in the quick reaction, but it was so interesting to see because when you hear the word regression, it has a negative connotation on it, and you think like, oh, you know, Jason Tatum started out shooting the year 49% from downtown and eventually came down to like 39 38%, things like that, or Kyle Kuzma shooting like 44%, but whereas this year he shoots like 31%, something of that ilk, and hearing regression when it's a good thing, whereas, you know, Pascal Siakam starts 0 for 5, I think, in the game, but then ends up shooting like 11 for 21, which is a finish of 11 for 16, which is great. I'm pretty sure he started out like 0 for 3 from downtown, which means that he went 3 for 4 on his, you know, the falling four shots. It's, it's great to see that regression doesn't always mean bad things, and especially maybe that's you know, evoking the Raptors season at large was they started out pretty horrible from downtown for a large part of the season early on. And now it's like, I think it was eight of the nine last games, they were shooting like 40 plus percent from downtown and hitting like an absurd number. And so obviously the Raptors three point percentage and their rank as such in the league is skyrocketing right now. And whether that's brought on strictly by Gasol's presence or just spurred on by his presence and now being acted out by the rest of the team searching for those kind of shots maybe it's just you know a blip of hot shooting I would err towards Gasol has come they play that type of offense that I was talking about in the first quarter they pass it around the top even if they reset they still have a decent chance at getting a good shot because the screen work is so tireless at the top of the key for Gasol that he can usually get whether it be um, Leonard or Lowry going downhill and that creates a lot of shots on the wings for guys like Siakam and Green. Back to how that changed in the second and third quarters especially was the Raptors who possessed two very very good isolation players in Kawhi Leonard and Siakam and it's really cool that we can say that Pascal Siakam is a very good isolation player now. Not in a Kyrie Irving type of way, not in a DeMar DeRozan type of way, in in his own type of way that he gets into players, he'll back them down, he'll make ridiculous shots around the rim. His his acumen in that in that style of offense is almost unparalleled league wide. I mean, Kyrie Irving, I said his name just a few seconds ago, but it's Kyrie Irving. A lot of people talk about how great he is around the rim how soft he can kiss it, how hard he can kiss it off the glass, like the English he'll put on it, and how dangerous that makes him finishing from different shoulder slots. Pascal Siakam's the exact same way. He'll make shots around the rim that you just didn't think he had in his bag. And the Raptors went to him like six times in a row, and he just went in on whoever was guarding him on the nets. And there was even one where he he had his like his spin move over his right shoulder denied, and just kind of stepped back out, did a 180 in the air, and just put up a soft little floater, and it ended up going in. And that's just that speaks to 
the type of shot making he's capable of. And Kawhi Leonard, I mean, Kawhi missed quite a few of his the last shots he ended up putting up. Like maybe he was like one for five to finish the game, but he had a really dominant stretch between like the second quarter and the third quarter. Those two quarter quarters were very important for Kawhi. It was tireless, gritty, physical work he was doing in the post where the Nets couldn't contain him in any meaningful way. And playing that really like punch him in the face, just go to town in the paint type of offense mixed with the Raptors defense on the opposite end, which was fantastic. I mean, the Raptors played very tireless. They were really, really good chasing D'Angelo Russell off the three-point line, forcing him into very crowded um, three-point, or sorry, not three-point shots, mid-range shots. Um, there's a podcast I did with Dave Dufour that comes out tomorrow where we talked about a potential Nets matchup, and he said he would go with Danny Green on D'Angelo Russell, which we did see that look tonight, and it was a look that was successful for the Raptors. And as it turns out, that D'Angelo Russell went off towards the end of the game and that was when Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry were the backcourt, not Lowry and Green. So shout out to Coach David Dufour for picking up on that one. But the Raptors, the second and third quarters, pretty big for what we might see in the playoffs. Just going, well, maybe not just second and third quarters, but the whole game, watching them flip through a lot of different types of offense. Um, we got to see probably... If we're thinking about the main cogs in the offense, we got to see Siakam hunting mismatches, Leonard hunting mismatches, and we got to see a Leonard-Lowry pick-and-roll, a 3-1 pick-and-roll towards the end of the game. We also got to see the offense run through Ibaka on the pick-and-pop, who was fantastic in this game, by the way. Maybe the best player. One of Siakam or Leonard or Ibaka was the best player in this game. And Ibaka was 5 of 5 from downtown. He was just, he was fantastic. And his work on defense was extremely good. The reason why Nurse opted to close the game with him was because Ibaka in this game, and historically, has been very, very good defending Jared Allen. We got to see his offense. We saw Siakam, Leonard, Lowry, Ibaka pick and roll. We saw the Gasol above the break, pass the ball, Horns offense. And that's part of what makes the Raptors extremely dangerous is that they can find success in a myriad of ways when it comes down to the playoffs. And we saw a flash of that, even though Nurse was talking before before this game about how he didn't want to show too much because this is, you know, a potential playoff matchup. I feel like we saw a lot in this game. We even saw the Gasol Ibaka front court. And maybe that's why it was it felt so important for Ibaka did his threes early on in the game because he was playing with the Gasol, and Gasol as well, who hit his threes. Having those two big guys, you know, for this day and age in the NBA landscape, having Gasol and Ibaka in the same front court at the same time kind of is a behemoth lineup. So them hitting threes is, is extremely important in that way. So just a lot of different things finding success in. And the point is that they weren't scared to go to something else. It wasn't like holding on to a version of success that you have to beat. Like, that's how you have to beat the opponent. Like, we found this one thing. It's working. And this is how we're going to win the game. Which is, you know, something Raptors teams of the past did. There was a very, like, a, an efficient way to score the ball for those teams. 
and they scored the ball that way. But when that was taken away, it was very, very hard to find another way to create shots. The Raptors have kind of an embarrassment of riches in how they can create shots on offense. And this game was really, really telling in that way. Super fun to watch. On defense, like I said, Danny Green, Kyle Lowry played really good defense on DeAndre Russell. DeAndre Russell still, even with that good defense being played on him, even with his shots not really falling, especially the floater that he usually makes, wasn't there for most part of the game, was still making very creative passes. He's, he's extremely good at that, and he was finding open shooters. But the Raptors, who, led by Kyle Lowry, I think remain an extremely good like closeout team, and I think that's going to be ex- like very important in the playoffs. They limited the Nets to, I think, like 32% shooting from downtown, which is great because the Nets put up a lot of threes, and the Nets make a lot of threes. And not only did they limit them to 10 makes, but I'm pretty sure they, they had them shoot less from downtown than they usually do on the season. 32 attempts, that sounds low to me for a Brooklyn Nets team. I'm not completely sure. If anybody has the numbers on hand, feel free to comment and correct me. But it, it just seemed very important that the Raptors close out something that was really, really bad early on in the Orlando Magic game was was very effective in this one. And had they not had they not been quite sharp at closing out, the Nets they could have picked up a rhythm, but that's one thing the Raptors did tonight was they kept the net shooters off rhythm. There was only I counted four or five shots that didn't have to come after a pump fake. Didn't have to come after attacking and closeout, then passing. Just there was they weren't allowing any easy shots from downtown. Four or five was all I counted, and the Nets made three or four of those. So the Raptors defense, I had no complaints, and I thought that, you know, Marcus Saul, he wasn't very fleet of foot. So, you know, Allen kinda slipped by him a couple times, but when Ibaka was in the game, that didn't happen any longer. Also, really impressed with the Raptors' work on the glass tonight. Even Gasol, Ibaka, Siakam, they all were very tireless. Especially I noticed with Ibaka and Siakam on the offensive glass. was really happy, especially with Ibaka, with his production in that role. Don't want to don't wanna overshadow that. I, I want to make sure that everybody knows that Ibaka was loomed larger than anything in this game. It was... He's been so important of late for massaging how hard it is to close out games in the NBA. And he's been so important to the bench when they're closing out games because Van Vliet is a rock. We all know this. Steady Freddy is the name, and that's that's fine. That's branding. But Powell and Lynn seem quite changeable in how they perform on offense. You know, Having Ibaka be just unshaken in the offensive role and that he'll just... He'll plug away, he'll do his thing, and he'll provide offense to lineups that usually struggle to find their offense, and that his defense has been unwavering of late. Just a huge plus. And the Raptors having that, that's that's big time. It was super fun to watch. Super, super fun to watch. I guess we'll get into the awards. Um, it feels like Ed Davis has to be the Mitchell Robinson Award. Just because he... I, I feel bad doing this because I like Ed Davis a lot. I remember his years with the Raptors when he was Crash Davis. When... Man, when he was just like 
putting up like seven points, seven rebounds in his first two years, and I was kind of a young kid, and I always thought like, man, that's a great per 36. I was like, he'll get a double-double. Like, maybe he'll play like David Lee. How the league has changed, hey? <laughs> um, but I have a soft spot for Ed Davis. I've, I've always liked his style of his style of play, and he's he's so good on the offensive glass, and he's, I think, underrated as a rim protector. I'm really happy with his role on the Brooklyn Nets team, but I think just because he kind of got Kawhi in the head, especially with how much we're worrying about what happened to OG, um, OG obviously being out a couple games for concussion protocol, things like that, I feel like Ed Davis just has to get the Mitchell Robinson award because if you hit a guy in the head, accidental or not accidental, it's you're kind of villainous going forward. I, you know, it's not the best thing I'll do, but I'll probably vilify you. The Reggie Evans Award, I've gushed over Serge Ibaka for most of this podcast, and I think that he definitely deserves it, not only because he shot 5 of 5 from 3, which is not a Reggie Evans type thing, but because his work on the glass was effortless, he was a hustle guy, and that his rotations were pretty crisp on defense. He, like, he was tireless defending the rim, and those are definitely Reggie Evans' qualities, even though Reggie Evans couldn't defend the rim like Ibaka. And Ibaka, in a Reggie Evans type of way, was so much stronger than Jared Allen that he could kind of phase him out of the paint, which is a big deal because when Jared Allen gets to work in the paint, he, you know, he's a bouncy guy. He can sky for rebounds. He can do a lot of things like that. But Ibaka takes that away. And for the fourth game this year, Ibaka was able to do that to Jared Allen. Really fun to watch. Something you really like to see. So that's why Serge Ibaka gets the Reggie Evans Award. Now, we're going to go to the quick reaction. I'm going to react to the, the top quick reaction comment, which I looked beforehand, and it was complaining about Serge Ibaka's rating. Hopefully it's not still that, because I'll have to respond to it. Okay, here it is, Drake Richards. And I responded to it already in the comment section, which I shouldn't have. I'll probably just read that, but Drake Richards says, stop saying, quote, how important Ibaka's play as of late has been, quote, for God in heaven, all caps, Ibaka has been great all season. He was great before he was sent to the bench. Uh, So, yeah, as awful as it is, I know I shouldn't indulge it, but I wrote back, I said, I wrote the piece asking for Ibaka's place in the All-Star game, which I did. The comment is an acknowledgement of his role change in that he doesn't play with Lowry as often anymore and is an incredible bench piece, whereas he was starting most of the year. An A+, which I did give Ibaka, and almost two paragraphs worth of praise isn't good enough for you, and the fact that I've written glowing glowing columns on him this year, which I have, sheesh. So that, that was my response. I don't like... I... You know what? It's fine. There are trolls in the comment section. Everybody knows now that at Raptors Republic, we're trying to weed out a lot of the toxicity that's come with the JB slash Gasol trade. The The comment section has been kind of problematic. But for me, the Ibaka stuff has been going on for the better part of the year. Honestly, uh, he has some fervent defenders. And I think I really, really dislike being grouped in as an Ibaka hater, especially since I have written, I didn't see anyone else league-wide write a Serge Ibaka all-star column. And, you know, I've written in any type I was breaking down, whether it be like the Raptors pick-and-roll defense, I've just, 
you know, I write glowingly about Ibaka. So, and I gave him an A+, and wrote about him like he was the best player on the Raptors tonight. So having that being complained about, I just feel like, can I not please anybody? But then again, it's not about pleasing anybody. Except for you, listener. It's, it's all about pleasing you. Um, I feel like that's a good place to leave it. Thanks for listening to me ramble on and lament. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway. Thanks for listening. If you guys want to check out raptorspuppet.com, do so. It's the best Raptors site. Tons of great stuff all the time. Um, you can check out the socials. Raptors Republic, Twitter, Raptors Republic, Instagram. I've been your host, Samson Folk. If you want to follow me on Twitter, just S-A-M-F-O-L-K-K. That's where you'll find me. And feel free to throw questions at me whenever you want. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, night, whatever it is for you. And bye. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone.